Pastor Xavier Reese with a simple warning regarding deception. You know, the danger with the plane taking off from LAX just one degree off seems insignificant when he takes off. You say, ah, leave him alone. I'll correct it. But the farther he travels, the more he gets off course. If he's shooting for Hawaii, he'll never hit it. That's the same with false doctrine. Don't let anybody convince you, oh, don't argue about doctrine. No, let's fight about doctrine. Let's protect doctrine. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the most difficult aspects of war to defend against has always been spies and espionage. In fact, Scripture even tells us that Satan often disguises himself as an angel of light. Well, how do we fight back? Here's Pastor Xavier as he lays out for us the strategy for the believer in unmasking the enemy taken from his continuing study series of the book of 2 Corinthians. Let's listen. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6 and the message entitled, Unmasking the Enemy. He now moves to the plead, pleading his heart as a broken father who is fearful for his children's deception. This is the true heart of a shepherd. Let's begin here. The apostle Paul was a spiritual father. Notice verse 1 and 2. The Corinthians were courting, listen, seduction. Look at verse 2. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. He gives the reason for his plea for them to be patient with him. So he was not jealous over the Corinthians being taught by other teachers. But his jealousy here, which is godly, is over these hucksters who are attempting to seduce them spiritually away from Christ. This is the focus, okay? For their protection. Paul was their spiritual father who was concerned about their courting seduction. That's the first reason. Second, verse 3 and 4. Paul was their teacher. The Corinthians were believing lies. The Apostle Paul expresses concern of the possible violation of their faithfulness to Christ. Paul declared the method of their seduction to be as when Satan deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. Don't miss this. But I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, Satan created doubt in the mind of Eve. Has God said? So the teachers have said about Paul. Has Paul taught this? Satan contradicted God's word. You shall not die. So had the false teachers contradicted Paul's teaching. He was teaching grace, gospel. They were teaching law, works. Satan charged God with wanting to restrict Adam needs freedom. God knows the day you eat, you will be just like him. And so the false teachers had said against Paul, he wants to rule you, he wants to control you. Paul gave the reason for his concern over their spiritual seduction by Satan. The first being the preaching, underline it, another Jesus. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. The Judaizers had come in to proselytize the Christians, as you know. 
The present condition of the church was due to their false teaching. The Jesus being preached by the Judaizers was not the same one Paul and his co-laborers had preached. The word another means another of the same kind, but distinct from the Jesus of Paul. They were not teaching Jesus as the all-sufficient, efficacious, sin-bearing Messiah for the sins of the world and justification of sinners, but the earthly Jesus stressing the Judaism of Jesus in a false way, the law. That's another Jesus. He came to fulfill the law. Now, notice Paul gave the second reason for his concern over their spiritual seduction. Or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received. Notice, this is the spirit of false teachers who are teaching their dependency on themselves through their own abilities. It's not capitalized. It's not the Holy Spirit of God. It's man's spirit or demonic spirit. This human spirit is opposed to the Holy Spirit, the one and the only one who can convict man of sin reveal Christ, and illuminate the understanding of the scriptures. Jesus made this very clear in John 14, 15, and 16 when he spoke about the paracleo, the paracletus, the comforter who would come alongside to teach us all things. And then Paul gave the third reason for his concern over their spiritual seduction. He says, or a different gospel would you have not accepted. The gospel... It's good news because it tells us that God made a way for man to be justified before him as God died for us. And that if we believe upon what he has done, then we can be saved by grace through faith. That's the good news. Anything short of that is bad news. If you have to work for your salvation, you might as well forget it. You'll never make it. Paul charged them of being guilty, of allowing themselves to be deceived, in danger of being spiritually seduced. They were of their own will going along with it. First John 4, 2 through 3 says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. This is 2,000 years ago. If it was true then, it's true now. The modern day uh, heretics teach unbiblical doctrines by a different spirit. They teach that people can laugh and bark in the spirit, acting like animals flying around, drunk in the spirit, and you dogpile over each other. Many Pentecostal groups do like this. Some teach about auras. The vineyard movement through late John Wimber he used to teach that you can see auras around people and they tell you, you know, and, 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 and you can't be demonized, but you can be demonized. They wrap around you and a whole bunch of junk. Signs and wonders, they even teach you how to heal, even raise the dead. Signs and wonders. Others teach that there are others who speak just like the apostles now. Their, their, their revelation is just as good as scripture. Really? You have the, the next wave of the prophets up there, the Toronto blessing, which I call the Tonto blessing. Okay, The gospel of our day has presented many different gospels. And it's a foreign biblical gospel. It doesn't save men. 
Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God unto salvation, the Jew first and the Gentile. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. He quotes Habakkuk 2.4 in Romans 1, 16 and 17. It has power to save. The only one. There is the gospel of liberation theology or liberation theology, where you want to say it. Focuses on social justice and motivated by hate, desire for power and revenge through social rebellion. The pastor of President Obama. I know his name is Reverend Wright, but it should be Reverend Wrong. The Sandinista War in the 80s. Liberation theology. What's going on in Africa right now? Liberation theology sometimes. You taint the gospel. You use it to build up your forces. There's the gospel of kingdom theology that teaches that we're all going to take back territory from Satan. Putting Christians in public offices and take back the domain and establish the kingdom. Rah, rah, rah. And so we map out the city and we, we realize that these demons are here, these demons are here, and we're going to just take this territory. We're gonna take, and we're going to bind Satan. Where do you get all this stuff? It's foreign to the gospel. It's Western culture. People manipulate you. There's the gospel of prosperity that declares that it is your divine right to be healthy and wealthy. This is your divine right. You can stay where you are and go to hell, or you can choose to go to heaven. That's your only divine right. And it's your choice. But if you're supposed to be wealthy and healthy, and that's how you mark your spirituality, Paul says, get away from people like that. Poor Jesus didn't know anything about it. Had to borrow a coin to give a parable about taxes. Had to tell Peter, go get a coin off a mouthfish so they can pay their taxes. Wow. The gospel of little gods teaches that you command God. He's your errand boy. Paul says, but even if we or an angel come to you from heaven and preach any other heteros gospel to you than what you have, we have preached to you, let him be a curse, anathema, the strongest word damnation in the Greek. He says it twice. You mess around. If you meet the scriptures, Paul tells you that's where you're going to go. The Holy Spirit says clearly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. 1 Timothy 4.1. What is it that we don't understand? He's writing to the church. Non-believers are deceived already. It's believers who will be deceived. 2 Peter chapter 2. They're in the church. They have great followings. Read it clearly. The emergent church seeks to establish the kingdom of God also through works. It's no gospel. Undermining the word of God and the gospel of grace and salvation. Roger Oakland, a good friend of mine, his book, Faith Undone, proves the emergent church rejects the Bible as the authority. Disdains prophecy, saying Christians have wasted time focusing upon the second coming and despising anyone who takes the return of Christ literally. Listen to their words. One of the proponents, main ones, Brian McLaren of the emergent church says this. The book of Revelation about the kingdom of God now, he says, claiming that Jesus has nothing to say about the period of catastrophic judgment. In fact, 
McLaren says this, listen, we are emerging into a new era of Christian faith. As a living color, global community, it is immediately clear that this kind of emergence must lead to a convergence, a kind of relationship that has never, ever existed. You got that right, Jack. He sounds more like a new ager. Emergence, convergence, the age of, Amer- uh, 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 of Aquarius. The fifth dimension. <laughs> Amazing. And here goes Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not grounded in the word of God. The emergent church teaches that the life of Christ is only an example to follow. Not atoning the sins of the world. They preach a cosmic Christ. The God in you. The Christ in you. It's new age revived Hinduism. I'm here to warn you. You get to choose whether you believe truth or error. I'm not telling you to believe everything I say without checking. Check me out. Examine it. Study. Paul was their faithful teacher who was concerned about their believing lies. (laughs) Notice third. Verse 5 and 6. Paul was their original apostle. The Corinthians were Embracing, listen, imposters. The Apostle Paul declared the Corinthians he was not inferior to the false apostles. For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostle. Paul's making fun of them here. Paul made it perfectly clear that no, at no time in any way was he less qualified than these false apostles. He was probably offended that the Corinthians had compared him to these false apostles and teachers. The word considered there is legosomai, which simply means to reckon, to compute, to calculate. The ideas of measuring. And this is what men do without being scriptural. They measure themselves among themselves and by themselves, so they're stupid. Our measure is God and the scriptures. How are we doing? We don't compare ourselves among ourselves. The false teachers were apostles of Moses, not Jesus. Paul had sat down under the feet of Gamaliel, received the gospel from Jesus Christ, discipled by three years by Jesus Christ, commissioned by Jesus Christ. Acts 22, 3, Galatians chapter 1, tells you very, very clearly. He had nothing in common with the false apostles. It was an insult. Notice Paul made it perfectly clear. He was referring to the Judaizers at Corinth by the title of eminent apostles, mocking them. He is not comparing himself to the 12 apostles. Some people try to interpret this. He's not talking about the 12. The context is false teachers indicated by the phrase, he who comes in verse 4, these are the same guys. The reference is not to Peter and James, the leading elders of Jerusalem, because they gave Paul and them the right hand of fellowship in Acts 15, Galatians chapter 1 also, chapter 2. He uses the title in sarcastic irony, ridiculing them as they were exalting themselves above Paul. They are identified by Paul as false and deceptive Judaizers. They were false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. That's pretty heavy charges. And by the way, they were his Jewish brethren. The word transformed there means only outward as a disguise, not an inward change as a believer. 
The Judaizers were ministers of Satan who transformed themselves into ministers of righteousness in order to deceive, verse 14 and 15. That's a heavy charge. And in verse 22, their identity was Hebrews and Israelis. So you can't miss them. The apostle Paul declared to the Corinthians they were wrong in believing the lie of the false apostles about not being proficient in public speaking. Paul refuted this charge about his inability to speak publicly. He says, even though I am untrained in speech. He was saying, what if it is true? It wasn't. The contrast is, but even if that may be true, I'm not in knowledge, divine knowledge. In other words, what's important? How I speak or what I tell you? The content is the important focus here. You understand? This is what prompted in the church. People are so mesmerized by the flashy little words. Now people say, oh, we're going to do this and that. And that. You know, it's an air burger. You bite down, there's nothing there. Give me a double-double, animal style. The false teachers were accusing Paul of not being professional orator in speech. Contemptible, they said in chapter 10, verse 10. In other words, the word here untrained has the article, the speech referring to a Polish lecture in the art of Greek rhetoric. And Paul says, amen. That's not what I do. <laughs> the word is used for the disciples of Jesus. They perceived that Peter and John were unlearned and uneducated men in Acts 4.13. Wow. He spoke with godly authority and power. But he didn't boast on his personal ability to be able to speak. Then notice Paul affirmed that he was very able in knowledge, there's the contrast. Yet I am not in knowledge. The sharp contrast is clear. Yet, contrary, nevertheless. I am not in knowledge. The gospel of Jesus Christ no sees is what he's talking about here. The context refers to the general knowledge of Christianity, the person of Jesus Christ. The article again is present. The knowledge. The gospel. The word was a key word in the first letter to them. Appearing ten times because they were depending on human knowledge, human wisdom, opposed to God's knowledge and God's wisdom. Remember in 1 Corinthians. So Paul confirmed that, that he and the others with him had revealed all this plainly before them. He says, how could you believe this? You heard us. You saw us. But we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. The word manifested means make, making actually visible. They had been present with them. They had heard them. They had not hidden anything. They had seen the power of the gospel. The gospel had convicted them, transformed them, brought them to an understanding. How could they believe that lie? You know, the danger with the plane taking off from LAX just one degree off seems insignificant when he takes off. You say, ah, leave alone. Don't correct it. But the farther he travels and the longer he travels, the more he gets off course. If he's shooting for Hawaii... He'll never hit it. That's the same with false doctrine. Don't let anybody convince you, oh, don't argue about doctrine. No, let's fight about doctrine. Let's protect doctrine. There are many today that declare themselves to be apostles and claim the same authority as those appointed by Jesus, like the Judaizers, are wrong 
Listen to Paul the Apostle. 1 Corinthians 9, 1, it says, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ the Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? 1 Corinthians 9, 2. For I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 9. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecute the church of God. 1 Timothy 2, 7. For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Those who were apostles were anointed, commissioned by Jesus. There are not no apostles like that today. You might equate an apostle as a missionary, one sent out. We are called to examine those who claim to be from God and warn others if they're not from God. The scriptures is the standard. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? He's warning the Corinthians. Galatians 6, 4. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, not in another. Galatians 6, 17. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was whipped, imprisoned, beat. Paul the apostle, before he left the Ephesians, the last time he meets with them, let me close with this. Listen to what he says to them. And by the way, these are the elders at Ephesus. Leaders. He says, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And I stand before you after 32 years to tell you the same thing. I have warned you. I have given you Genesis to Revelation over and over again, and I have not shunned to give you the full counsel of God. Then he says this to them. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you from the outside, not sparing the flock. Secondly, also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And I commend you to the word of God every time. My responsibility ends right here. I continue to pray for you. I warn you. If you keep coming, I keep warning and teaching you. But you're the one that makes that decision. You're going to be one who's going to submit to the authority of God's word or one that's going to take people away from that. One of the two. Paul was the original apostle who was concerned about their embracing him Posters. Wow. Paul has unmasked the enemy, giving them three reasons for his concern about their spiritual deception by these Judaizers. Paul was their spiritual father who was concerned about their courting seduction. Paul was their faithful teacher who was concerned about their believing lies. Paul was their original apostle was concerned about their embracing imposters. Now, do you think there's any need for this kind of teaching today? <laughs> My Lord, 
We're in the thick of it. The church has gone apostate. You have to hold the mark. You are the sentinel to your salvation. God will not force you to go to heaven. You have all the right to go to hell. But you don't have to go there. Pastor Xavier Reese with sound advice on how to unmask the enemy. And you can request a copy of today's thought-provoking study called Unmasking the Enemy. We're making that available for just $4. And by the way, this message will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once again is Unmasking the Enemy. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And don't forget to include the call letters of this station when you contact us. Is it possible for us to know what heaven's really like before we arrive? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Rees for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 